I'm Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher. And welcome to Two, two Peas in a podcast. podcast. A relationship show from two people who like each other very, very much. Uh, uh, and scene. Stephanie, doing pretty good. I I am excited to do our show as usual. I'm excited to have our pod heads, pod heads, our, pe- oh, our peas, yes. our pea buddies, pea buddies, um, our pod squad with us today. Um, but I'm feeling I'm a little off because I have a little bit of, I'm, I'm, you know me. I'm not an angry fella. You're not. You are the least angry person. Not an angry. I make up for it though. You. You welcome. You, but. We, we are equitable in all things, so that's okay. And I'm feeling a little off. I'm feeling a little bit, I don't know if it's, I would call it road rage. I think I'm having parking lot rage. Have you ever had parking lot rage before? Yes, particularly when I'm with someone who's driving and they drive around forever and ever trying to find an empty <laughs> spot rather than just parking and walking. You're of the philosophy where you take the first spot you see. Yeah, I don't care. Just- Especially when I'm going to a mall or someplace where I'm going to be walking around. My favorite part of that would be at the gym when people drive oh around my. around. Trying to, if you're oh. at the gym, just park farther away and that most of your workout is just guarded you. There you if go. If you're not able-bodied, get it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Or if you have something like that, fine. But if... Well, okay. So here's yes, my parking. You rage did have story. a parking lot. Here's my parking dilemma. rage story, and I want to, I need your judgment on whether I am rightfully enraged. I have a righteous anger. Not a thing, but yes. <laughs> Come on, for the sake of this story. Yeah. Okay. So it was Friday. I was leaving work, and in the summer and Fridays, as in Michigan, I feel like everybody leaves super early. And oh I was, yeah. I left at like at five. Well, when I worked for Kellogg, do you remember we used to have half-day Fridays? Uh, yeah, it was Fantastic. Amazing. Here's a bowl of cereal. Go home. It's um, true. So it's like 5 o'clock. I'm leaving. I'm like the last one in my whole parking lot. There's 40 spaces in this lot. It's not huge, but it's good size. 40, maybe 20. Yeah. Whatever. 20 to 40 spaces. I'm the only car in this lot. I walk past a room, and I see that there's like a party or some sort of thing that's going to be it's set up for a thing later on in the evening Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i pull into my i get into my car i walk past the thing i go in the parking lot get in my car turn it on ready to go and i parked in you know like a normal person nose first into the stall you know the the lines of the parking lot nose first so it was fuller up when i when i came in and as i'm turning my car and i see someone pulling through the parking lot like okay cool i'm just gonna pull through forward because there's nobody Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. miles except for this one person I pull through, I'm going to pull through, and I'm just going to go home. It's going to be great. This person drives very, very slowly through this parking lot, and I'm wondering, they're slow. Usually slow means... What kind of car was it? It was like a minivan. Oh. Hmm. Slow. I was expecting a Buick. Nope. I didn't know what they were doing. An Olds. And I get, I starting to get ready to push, push the gas. I'm in drive, and they pull up right in front of the stall in front of me and just, like, stop there. So I'm not like, it's like... Animals. If I went forward, I would have Animals. space and then T-bone them. So they stop. And I'm just like, okay. And I guess I could have just backed out, but I was too dumbfounded to what was going on. They pull up into the stall into the stall, and that would be on their passenger side. You know, like, okay, they're going to park. No, 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 no. They start backing in right in front of me. They're backing up right in front of me. Do you remember the period of time where I 
didn't like being around people. Yeah. And I remember this reminds me of going to Planet Fitness and there would be 15 open machines. Mm hmm. And I pick the one in the yes. corner, introverted away from everyone. I just want to. And someone like someone like posts up right next to you. A sea of machines, yeah. and they're next to me, and they're on their it, phone, or it's, being loud. Or it's like at the at the men's there's men's bathroom etiquette when you're at the urinal. You you take a urinal space between the next person. They have a whole lot. Not only are they parking next to me, they're parking in front of me, reverse backing into me, and I'm just like. And I ended up, you know, reverse go, no big deal. But it was so You managed to make it out okay. I made it out okay. But the, whole, the, the whole process took like two minutes. But it seemed like forever. Because I'm like, what in the world is this person doing? They are doing something that is unimaginable. And only someone who should not be driving is doing. So I want to make sure that I'm safe. That if I do start driving, they don't decide to like back up into me or something. It was bananas. I'd never. I, I see my park. I used to be a cart boy at Target. <laughs> I've seen the best parkers i've seen the worst parkers and this was one of the worst do you also wonder why i feel like now backing into stalls is becoming a thing mm-hmm. i don't remember this at all from no, my childhood either. and it's now like, it, someone told me it makes it faster to get out but then i think it gets slower to get in it's and probably net net you know one's yeah. faster one's slower a lot of pickup trucks decide to back in and i feel personally maybe it's just an, a rage thing that's like, who do you think you are backing in? You think you're better than me? I think it's more of, I used to live in Australia and there were rules for sometimes when you were supposed to back in versus going forward. And I think it works if everyone's doing the same thing, mm-hmm. but because they're not, then it just is weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just like. I feel like, I feel like they got something to prove. Yeah. Why like, you oh, you got a big truck and you can back in. Okay. And you know what they could, you know what they could have ended up in that back in position by just pulling through because there's a hundred, <laughs> three, 500 parking spots in the whole dang campus. And they decided to roll up right in front of me is infuriating. So question, am I justified in my righteous anger? Yeah. Okay, good. People, I come here for the validation. Space. I mean, <laughs> I hope it was someone who just wanted to mess with you, though. They're like, you know what? I'm going to mess with this person. You know what? If that was that the, would be a little if that funny. that was the case, I'd give it to him. I know. I'd be but. like, that's pretty clever. Props. Uh, so this is two peas in a podcast. In addition to talking about parking perils, we also talk about relationships. And the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about the split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. And Dell is going to bring back P's and Q's for this week because we had a pretty busy weekend and fielding a question from someone is more time efficient just, than doing hours of research. I've gotten pretty good at it. Yeah. But I was I didn't want to uh, give I wanted to give Ben Franklin's wife the credit she deserves. That's true. Was he married? I don't know. I don't oh, blew my me. cover. Anyway. Um, yeah, we're going old school P podcast today. Uh, and so we do have a question. Oh, we also wanted to announce we are going to do some very exciting podcast updating in the next few weeks. We're going to roll out some changes. We have a few of them coming up. Should we announce all of them or just one of them? No, basically, if you watch Joanna Gaines, they take a house, they make it crazy, and then they sell it. We're not going to do that. But it's basically a podcast renovation. We're going to do some new things that we think will be really cool. Yeah, so look forward to those coming up over the next few weeks. Prepare yourself for amazing changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's going to be great. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, P.
P's and Q's. I said that, right? Yep. So you have a question. Okay. I have a question. And, and <gasps> go. Ready? And away we go. For the past six months, my husband has been very distant, secret, and impatient with me while also being in frequent contact with his cousin's wife. I assumed that he was having an affair, uh, but it turns out that he was actually helping her figure out how to leave an abusive relationship, uh, and she had made him promise not to tell anyone. They both swore nothing happened, and I believed them. But here's the problem. For the last two months in my head, I've been emotionally on my way out the door, and I was seriously looking into options for divorce. I, I thought he was having an affair. I realize now he was going through a very stressful situation, but he was still distant and cold, and his actions did have an impact on me. I'm feeling emotionally divorced already. I'm feeling angry. I'm even kind of feeling gaslit. Even though I discovered I was wrong about my husband, I still feel ready to go. I think what makes it worse is that my husband just doesn't get it. He also realizes that he may not have been treating me well over the last six months the best he could, but because it was for a good thing, he thinks that we should be okay. What should I do? Am I right to be upset? Um, is How long is long enough you know, an appropriate time for me to think about what I should do next. That's really interesting. I've heard a lot of like cheating stories and yeah. from both sides. I haven't heard something like that before. No, that's different. Mm -hmm. I think what makes it in my head, I think what would upset me is it doesn't sound like he did anything that would be considered cheating. Mm -hmm. But when, but your spouse held on to a pretty big secret for a long time. And to me, I'm like, well, I guess it, I guess in the end it was good, but just knowing they held on to something with someone else for so long feels bad. Mm -hmm. I've had to keep secrets from you when it comes to like birthday presents. Like for Mother's Day, I got you a thing and I got it early and yeah. I had to not talk to you about it. It's you even did the same thing. Father's Day's coming up. You're like, don't look at their Amazon. I'm like, okay. But this is huge and I don't think those secrets like made me act differently towards you. I mean, when you think about divorce and cheating, there are some signs that I think the other person would come across of like just being quiet and kind of acting differently. And then that coldness and he was it's like if it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck, is that how you say it? Um, it's probably a duck. And he, for all intents and purposes, he was treating her like that. Well, I guess, you know, like when I think of the, I don't know, this is from a TV show in my head. But like, I guess when I stereotype the actions of what mm -hmm. would be going on, like she did go through all of the mm -hmm. torturous emotions mm -hmm. of it. Like he's being distant check he's interacting with someone else check he's like doing this thing and not telling me about it mm -hmm. check he's doing this thing with another female that i don't know about check mm -hmm. so it does i can see why she got to a place emotionally where she just started removing herself because mm -hmm. at first she was probably she was probably going through the stages of grief mm -hmm. like shock denial anger blah 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 and then she it just kept going and then eventually she got to the acceptance part and she's like, it's over. This is over. It must have been really, really hard. Yeah. And, and then to realize that you're wrong, it might be a little embarrassing. And But you're right. She made it to that end point of, I'm done. Yeah. And now that she knows the answer, it's like, well, emotionally and mentally, I'm already 
gone. What did she do? I feel like, in all honesty, it's mostly his fault mm-hmm. because he does. If he wasn't doing anything bad, he could have told her, mm-hmm. and I think he should have. Well, in communication is a two-way street, and in a marriage, like yes, you can't go around assuming that your spouse is cheating all the time. However, if they're acting like they are and they're not talking to you about it, you I think there is some justification for being suspicious and feeling like kind of bummed out about it. And I can't recall did she say she confronted him at all about it along the way? Um no, it just came out like the, it, the everything's resolved and then he told her you know what was going on. Oh, well, I do think the part that she could own would be confronting him sooner mm-hmm. about it because i know some people let it go on for a bunch of different reasons but in her part if she was feeling that way and getting removed why weren't they talking yeah i think a lot of it too is on the husband because i feel that okay if someone's like you and i are sort of like our secret vaults you yeah. know and I feel that if I hear something like you're the only person that I can talk to about it and I will talk to you about basically everything. Um, and I, I don't really hold on to many deep, dark secrets from anyone. But if I did, you basically know everything. <laughs> you basically know everything. And I think it probably would have been good for the husband to be like, hey, cousin in law, whatever. Like, I have to talk to this, my wife about this. She's got to be in on the loop because this is a big deal. You know, oh. whatever, emotionally supportive, good vibes, energy, prayers, whatever. Like, that could have been helpful, too. I think my, the thought that I would come around to is, I think I have two. Um, the first would be, you have to own your part. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the husband needs to own that he did keep a secret. And mm-hmm. although he didn't have an affair, he was doing secretive things, which mm-hmm. feels bad. Mm-hmm. But she needs to own like, or I think they both need to own. How is what's going on that you're in your relationship where communication is broken down to this level where an event went on for six months with no one saying something? Mm-hmm. That's a long time to go. It is a long time. So as far, I feel like how long do you need to process this sort of thing? It's a, it's that mix between as long as you need and not so long that it becomes like a cancer. Yeah. You know, but that maybe kind of take a week or two to just sort of uh, grieve the whole situation and then get counseling. Go together. I know that if I was confronted in a situation like this with a friend or a relative that I... I I would have to tell you, mostly because I'm stronger as a person and in my assistance to others and emotionally, when you're involved in my life, when you're involved in what's going on, you make me better, Stephanie. And I need, like, I, I don't think I'd be able to handle that without you knowing because I would need your support. That's a lot yeah. to go through. I think my thought is if the spouse is no longer doing anything bad or, you know, mm-hmm. that part's over and you both want to stay married and it doesn't sound like anything bad is happening Mm -hmm. I would try to keep working on it for a bit because marriages just have so many up and ups and downs that Mm -hmm. yeah like this is a rough patch and that's hard but I think if you work on it it can get better and that could take 
you know, it took two months to destroy it. It might take four to six to eight months to make it better, but mm-hmm. I think you can. Well, and, you know, and I, I do think, again, like you had mentioned, the husband needs some work because his priorities weren't you first. It was this other, you know, relative woman person first, which I understand the situation, but, like, I, it sounds like he may have gotten his priorities mixed up as well. Like, it's not good or bad. They just were, you know, um, and I think that is something that, is hard to deal with when you realize that your spouse has had different priorities for a long time without well, you that's knowing. Fair, yeah. Um, so I think that some good therapy, some good counseling work together and then maybe even individually on top of that, like, yeah, to understand why he felt like he couldn't talk to you mm-hmm. and why you felt like you couldn't talk to mm-hmm. him. Something's happening. Cause I can, I can empathize a little bit with him being like, I want to keep this secret. I want to do this good thing and it's going to be hard, but so he did treat her bad, you know, emotionally, she says. And then he did keep a secret. <sighs> I don't know. I think people may, maybe people just put too much, like, give give secrets too much credit. It's like, if you're married to somebody, you got to know your stuff. You got to know each other's stuff. I don't know. I feel like that's the only way that we work is when we're, when we, like, talk and discuss and what's going on in our everyday lives. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, this is really hard. But I don't think it's... It's it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. It's hard, but it's totally overcomable. And I think you can totally do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to suck for a little bit, but at the end could be a better, happier marriage. Mm -hmm. So I would say to try it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would try it out. I think you'll be okay. I think, you know, question asker, get some counseling. Um, I know through like our health insurance, we can do stuff online a lot, you know, since it's hard to make it out to places, especially with family situations, like definitely do something do something get some help um not just friends but like kind of a third party professional situation and we are not doctors we are not therapists we do not claim to be uh and so get someone that you don't get for free on your phone every week go pay somebody money (laughs) to talk to you i think that would be really good stephanie that was that was good you did good i need you in my life just feel, I'm just realizing, well, I've always know it, but I'm just like, I need you, baby. I love you. I love you, too. I said I love you. So you know what that means? The split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. Torn from the headlines of today's greatest newspapers. So I am on the internet a lot. <laughs> and... Sometimes I get targeted with many a things like the universe calling to me. Mm. And this week, we're going to talk about something. Well, I guess we've kind of just talked about it in a way, but I don't think we've ever really dug into it too much. Uh oh. <gasps> so, the topic is how to forgive a cheater. Cheating. It's Yay! the cheating special. Lucky everyone. This could be a three part, five part, ten part series. It could be interesting, but. That sounds awesome <laughs> i feel like that could be kind of a downer i don't know how i can add levity for a 12-part series on that mm-hmm. so we're gonna do one because we already found out like well i wasn't cheating well that doesn't make it any better so uh so this is from uh two different articles but esther perel also just wrote a book recently on cheating that's pretty good oh, yeah. so if you want a deep one although that's a really progressive take but 
So the two articles I'm taking this from are why some couples can recover after cheating and others can't. Mm -hmm. And then 12 science-backed facts about cheating that all couples should know. Okay. Science-backed. Science-backed. Then the second one was from Business Insider. It was actually kind of interesting because they ended up linking to all of these different research articles Hmm. like in the Journal of Da-da-da-da at Da-da-da-da. They found this and that. Interesting that Business Insider is getting in on this relationship game hey back off business insider i was wondering i'm like i'm not sure how business insider got the scoop on cheating but they did Hmm. i yeah who knows i guess cheating in the workplace is just never a thing so maybe that's why Ooh, for shame uh so the business insider article had some interesting data on cheating and some of it kind of conflicts itself but just take it in context because i thought we'd Set ourselves up for this. Okay. Set them up. Knock them down. So one study has found that the average person of the opposite sex has about a 42% chance of cheating on their partner. Mm, that's very high. Yeah. So I. <laughs> that's like uncomfortably high. That doesn't mean they do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they will. It means that there's a chance. There's a, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I'm saying there's a chance. I throw that out because I think it's important to know. Don't escape from your mental. Don't escape from your head that this could happen, but also don't think it's definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Just know. It people could. are people. People. Everybody poops. Sometimes it hurts. Everybody cheats. <laughs> Those are the books that you get when you're. Yeah, that's true. Potty training. Um. And participants in a study estimated a five... Oh, so they did this study where they had people guess Mm -hmm. if their own partner was likely to cheat. And so I was like, hey, how likely is your partner to cheat? Blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And participants estimated a 5% chance that their partner had cheated on them Mm -hmm. and about an 8% chance that they would cheat on them in the future. Okay. So when you ask people, you know, what do you think will happen? Most people think it's not realistic. Like, it's not going to happen to me. Hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of a general, like, we think of that with, like, car crashes and other things. Like, people are kind of like, oh, it's not me. It's someone else. Uh Uh-huh. But in the same study, uh, 9% of people said that they had strayed. And strayed was the word they used. Strayed. It's just like a cat. Just like, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. I'm like, well, I was over here. And now I'm like over here. Strayed seems like, sounds like you just sort of accidentally started going out that way. Yeah, that's what happens. I strayed. Oops. <laughs> uh, so people in general kind of underestimate, underestimate it. But in the study, it's like one in ten people. So it's also not really a lot. Hmm. Yeah. So then in a different study, so we're drawing from different data sets, 23% of men and 19% of women in heterosexual relationships had reported ever cheating on a partner. Really? Yeah. Hmm. One in, for men, about one in four, and women about one in five. So men and women overall, though, have pretty similar rates, which makes sense, at least in heterosexual relationships. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the data. That's the setup for what we're talking about. Okay, good. So if you're in a situation, hypothetically, where your partner has cheated on you, emotionally, physically, all things. Board gamely. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were playing Monopoly and they, and they stole all the park place money. They were coordinating with someone else to take you I down. I don't that. play Monopoly. That I don't game either. sucks. I know. It's always miserable. They have very hard opinions about Monopoly. I know. I do too. But go to jail, take that money, pass go. You can't do it like that. So if you're wondering, you're in a relationship. Stephanie, I'm in a relationship. You don't want to pass go? And I don't want to pass go. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Quit playing Monopoly. I need to find another <laughs> with you. Let's play Euchre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so this, okay. So you've had cheating, blah, blah, blah. Sorry to blah, blah, blah cheating. But anyway, so this has happened to you. This is how to forgive a cheater. Mm-hmm. Because it's good to know. It's. I feel that with the rates that you're talking about. Someone somewhere in your life is going to do this to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not that likely, but you might be in a situation where someone you know is having this experience and you could refer them to this podcast or say, you know, there was this article once. Because it's not going to be you. Wink. (laughs) Uh, So be prepared so you can help your friends. (laughs) Your friend Tom yeah. and Janet. Tom and Janet. Janet Sweetenton. Yes. Okay. They need help. Let's help Jan and Tom Sweetenton. <laughs> Do it. So here are the steps. Okay. Step one. The cheating has to stop. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Mm. Eh, I feel like you <laughs> want to get better at cheating, <laughs> not cheating. Uh, yeah, I guess you should stop. Uh, so step one is the person that has cheated has to stop but then on top of that the person that's cheated needs to show some type of remorse and try to change their lifestyle yeah you can't just be like i've got to stop okay like you you kind of have to play the not play but you know you have to take the role of oh like, uh, wait 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 what did you say there do you have to play what are you saying delbert <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying you have to take on that hairy awful shirt of yep i did the bad <laughs> is that a shirt they sell at Kohl's? Oh, they sell it at Kohl's. It's made out of camel's hair. The bad, it's bad very shirt. Very comfortable. It's on sale. Mm-hmm. I think that's also because if it doesn't stop, like, well, what's the point? <laughs> if it doesn't stop, it's not cheating. You're just being an idiot. <laughs> it's just like, I know, I see you. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so then step two is that... The person that cheated or did the bad, did we say did the bad, bad? (laughs) (laughs) The person that did the bad, bad has to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if you don't tell the truth, what happens is the person that's been cheated on in their head just like keeps going through these cycles of Mm -hmm. like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And... You have to become like a trustworthy narrator of your own life. Like they have to know what you're saying is real. Yes. And that takes time. Yeah, it does. Uh, But one caveat to that tell the truth thing is if you're the person who's been cheated on, uh, they mentioned in the article, you might want to think twice about how many details you want to know. So do you want to know everything and every nitty gritty? Because there's some stories you can't take back. I hear on reality television, they always say, I want to know everything. And then they hear everything and then they are more mad. You might want to say instead, you want to know everything, big medium picture. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know. You might not 
want to know certain details because you might have trouble with that in the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, the person that did the bad bed has to tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so step three, skip two, you have to rebuild trust. Mm-hmm. I feel like that step would take a long time. I feel that it takes a long time. In any situation, building trust, or like it, yeah. it takes a long time. A new person getting to know, let alone yeah, someone that you, yeah. Um, yeah. Like you have kind of wrecked stuff with. You gotta, mm. yeah. Well, I think about it at work when you're working with someone new. It takes time to know if you can work with them and how they're going to blah, blah, blah. So that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to rebuild trust, um, so what happens is the person that was cheated on doesn't really know what's real in terms right. of their historic relationship. Mm-hmm. So they get cheated on and then they start thinking, well, was this real? Did this really happen? Did they mean this? Mm-hmm. Was it all a lie? And then they have to kind of calculate or understand how much was true and how much was not true or how much was on a lie. Right. And so what can be helpful when you're starting to rebuild trust is if the person that did cheating gives the person that they cheated on access to everything. Mm-hmm. So that could be access to a phone, to bank statements, Facebook, email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is so like um, segmented and kind of like siloed, like bank accounts and phones and social and media yeah. and all that stuff. And, and it's, you know, it's, it, I guess it depends on the kind of relationship that you're in. Like, if you're just dating, I don't know if they need to have all of your social security information and stuff like that. But if you're in, like, a monogamous relationship I long know, term, I'm thinking if, that's what if you this want, is for a longer term relationship. Right, if that's what you want in your life, then yeah, you need to have that that clarity. I mean, if you're dating someone two weeks and they cheat on you, like, red flag, get rid of that. I'm talking about. You've been together a decent amount of time and you're in a monogamous Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, Step four. You only have two more left and then everything's forgiven. Oh, yes. (laughs) Number four, and I think this is what I would think would be the most important one, is that you both, you both, person one and person two, have to address the underlying issues. Oh, Okay. So it's not just the, oh, you cheated, you did the bad, bad, that usually, and we're not, not, we're not like saying that they're innocent, but usually there's something that led to that. Yes. I think there are probably some instances where someone is just a horrible, terrible person that does bad things, but I think it's probably more likely that if you're in a relationship, you might both be contributing sometimes not things. You're not always contributing positive things. You're not always not every. I don't. We're both trying to say like, I don't want to. I know what we're both trying to say, and I think everyone knows what we're trying. You to know get what at. we mean. It's not your fault. We're not trying to validate cheating. No. However, the cheating is not validated. The cheating is bad. The cheating is wrong. But I would say in maybe like 98% of cheating situations, there are multiple factors on both sides of the relationship. Like maybe one person's been distant. So the person who's felt that is goes astray or whatever, like simplest thing. And it's not because they were distant. It's because then they didn't come back and try to like say, Hey, what's going on? Like there's a back and forth thing. 
And yes, the person that cheated probably did the bad, bad worse, sure. But I think that, yes, two sides to the thing. And so you don't get an excuse for cheating, but both of you have to, this is my note, both of you have to address your boo-boos. Boo-boos for the bad, bad. And uh, so in this step for addressing underlying issues is that the person that cheated needs to understand that there are going to be ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. in forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So the article went on to say that sometimes it'll be going really well, and then there might be a trigger or an event where the person that uh, had trust hurt might have another issue. So it'll be good and then bad and up and down. But overall, it'll probably get better over time. You should probably expect it because that's basic. like That's basic trust building. Stuff. Yeah. That's basic trust building. It's basic everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then step five is less of a step and more of a mentality. Mm. And Esther Perel talks about this in her ted talk and then in her book but she well this is from the article though but it says that you uh can't go back and you can't recreate what you had okay if you're always trying to get to step a when everything was blissful and great that's never gonna happen Mm -hmm. it doesn't exist anymore those days are over however together you can start over again Hmm. And you can't go back to the way things were, but you can go forward. Mm-hmm. And the That's mentality cool. is we're not going to go back to how things were. We're going to create something new together that we both like. That's I, that's a good way of, of doing it, I think. I think so. I like that. I feel like our pastor talked about that in church as a mentality for life anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't go back. You can't go home. But you can't stay here. Yeah. Yeah. It's the song. You can't go home. Mm-hmm. so tell your friend first of all say oh that sucks and then say hey there's this podcast i like that's, it that's all i got you did good thanks boo. send me the links i'll put them below in the show notes and we can pop that up um anywhere you are looking at the at the podcast you can click through and read esther perel's article in that business insider phony baloney article um and i think and some other resources for the show so Stephanie, thanks for putting all that together. You do really good research every week. I'm very proud to do the show with you. And if uh, you, awesome listener, liked what you heard, please tell your friends. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. That really helps out a lot. And, you know, download, subscribe. We're here every Tuesday. So, Stephanie, any final things for us today? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other very, very much.